victorious Conor McGregor. Black Trunks for the champion, Jose Aldo Jr. Conor Max smiling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lucky Punch MMA Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Ferrer, and this week we have a lot to catch up on. Mostly Twitter stuff, a lot of stuff uh, regarding Conor and Khabib, as well as John Jones and UFC 235. Uh, so without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Um, Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov, excuse me, um, they had their hearing this, this week, this Tuesday, for the after-fight melee that ensued after UFC 229. And uh, Khabib was given a suspension of one year, uh, over, no, I'm sorry, nine months, with fi- and a fine for half a million dollars. While Connor was, of course, fined only $50,000, which is 10% of Khabib's fine, and also six-month suspension. However, Khabib's suspension of nine months can be reduced to a six-month suspension if he agrees to do an anti-bullying campaign. So, um, th- I mean, that's pretty huge, uh, a nine-month and $500,000 suspension. Uh, keep in mind that this suspension is retroactive from October, so this is so so the suspension starts in October. So realistically, Khabib could be ready to fight as early as uh, May or June. But remember, May and June is also when Ramadan takes place, and he is a devout Muslim, so he will not be fighting during those months. He also said that he will not fight in Nevada ever again, according to his manager uh, Ali Abdelaziz. And also that uh, his teammate, Zubaira Tukagov, who also was given a one-year suspension and a $25,000 fine, he said that he will not be fighting until Zubaira's suspension expires in October. So for that, we uh, because of that, we just have to assume that Khabib's going to fight uh, as early as November, perhaps even later than then, which is um, pretty sad to see. He's such an exciting fighter he's you know they're not at the top of the food chain in the lightweight division so uh now it just comes down to what happens with conor mcgregor and who does he fight next clearly the the uh the Nur the clearly the khabib rematch will have to take some time given that khabib's suspension is longer than connor's which mean which is good for us fans because it means means that connor will now be able to have a tune-up fight and we you know we love to have these uh, big conor mcgregor pay-per-views, so we'll probably get two of them in 2019, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, more on the Nevada State Athletic Commission. John Jones, who obviously we mentioned last week, popped again for having Tyrannibal in his system in a in a, in a uh, VADA test that took place on the day of weigh-ins. Uh, he went before the commission today to discuss his license and his and a possible suspension from him. According to the chairman of NSAC, uh, Anthony Marnell, and this is a quote from ESPN, uh, if we treated this, quote, by the book, Jones's career would be completely over. So th- there you have it right there from the horse's mouth that obviously this is a special case. He's, been, he's being given uh, you know, a special favor from the Nevada State Athletic Commission given this unique circumstance, which, you know, frankly to me and lots of other people, seems kind of unfair to a lot of the fighters who have been punished far more for far less. Um, besides the point, though, 
He was given a one fight, and this is another, again, a quote from ESPN. Uh, and I will put the links all uh, just for a note for future reference, and uh, I did it in the last podcast as well. If I reference an article in the podcast, you can just check the comment section in the SoundCloud page uh, or the YouTube uh, links for all these these articles so you can check them out yourselves and read the whole thing. But anyway, uh, John Jones has been given a one-fight conditional license uh, he was given this on Tuesday for UFC 235, where he will face Anthony Smith for the light heavyweight title on March 2nd in Nevada. So in Las Vegas, that, that card is stacked because you have two title fights. You have John Jones versus um, Anthony Smith, as I just mentioned, and then you have Tyron Woodley versus uh, Kamaru Usman, who's coming off a fresh victory over a welterweight, Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, more on that card later because a lot of stuff happened this weekend, uh, this past week with that press conference, and we'll probably still talk about it even next week. Um, but uh, to move on, so he, so Jones will be fighting that 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 day. Um, Jones will be fighting that day to defend his title against Anthony Smith. Uh, Bellator was last weekend. I failed to mention that in the last podcast, so I apologize to any Bellator fans. Uh, a few big fights happened. Ryan Bader, of course, knocked out Fedor Emelianenko, often referred to as the GOAT by many. I would even say myself he's a top three of all time in terms of the fight game. And uh, he knocked out Fedor in 35 seconds, and uh, it, it was a pretty incredible fight. You can find it on YouTube. Um, in the comment section, I actually am going to put the uh, Aaron Pico fight. Aaron Pico obviously got uh, brutally knocked out by Henry Corrales. And uh, I, I included that in the comment section and in this podcast because Freddie Roach is Aaron Pico's um, uh, striking coach. And and the interesting thing about Freddie Roach is that he's a world ca- world-class boxing coach. He's, he's coached uh, Miguel Cotto. He's also, he, you know, he's obviously been the, the longtime coach of George St. Pierre. And he himself said that Aaron Pico could be a championship caliber boxer if he wanted to. And he actually used to spar with Miguel Cotto. I think he was a sparring partner with Miguel Cotto ahead of his recent fight. So for him to get knocked out against Henry Corrales is pretty incredible. Uh, Corrales is obviously a good fighter in his own right, and uh, Pico, however, is only 22, and you know he, he's got a long career ahead of him. Hopefully, we see him in the UFC one day. Uh, apart from that, if you guys are BJJ fans, I know I am. I love jiu-jitsu. It's my favorite aspect of mixed martial arts. In fact, in the future, I'll probably dedicate a whole episode to just jiu-jitsu and um, obviously give you guys some news and whatnot, but give you guys more in-depth discussion on jiu-jitsu. Um, AJ Agazarm, who's a, a high-profile jiu-jitsu fighter, he's uh, competed in, uh, I believe, Metamoris and combat jiu-jitsu, as well as a couple other um, jiu-jitsu promo- competitive BJJ promotions. He's you know grappled with the likes of Benson Henderson, the former UFC uh, champion, as well as uh, Gary Tonin, who's obviously a big figure in the jiu-jitsu world. Um, he made his Bellator and MMA debut, losing um, by decision. So um, one day we're going to have a podcast episode where we just break down all these uh, BJJ stars and talk about 
their prospect in mixed martial arts because you have AJ Aga's arm, you have Dylan Dennis, who's obviously been in the news a lot because of Conor McGregor, and now you also have Kron Gracie, who has just joined the UFC. I believe he's fighting on that UFC 234 card, if I'm not mistaken. I will double check that for you guys uh, for next week. Um, but uh, yeah, you have all these jujitsu stars in MMA, and even though wrestling has become this big aspect of mixed martial arts, and in the UFC you see how these wrestlers can really dominate dominate their opponents. It, it's also important for these wrestlers to develop striking because you see guys like Agazarm, you see guys like Dylan Dennis when they're standing up. You know they have no technique. They're they're not good on their feet, and and their only hope of winning is to bring the fight to the ground. So um, we're going to talk about those guys in, more in the future, uh, but I just want to highlight that real fast. Obviously, we talked about UFC Fortaleza last week. There's a huge fight between uh, Raf- Rafael Asuncao and Marlon Moraes this weekend. This is their second bout. To give you guys a quick snapshot of, snapshot of that, uh, Moraes and Asuncao actually fought previously. They fought in 2017 in Moraes's UFC debut. Um, even though Marais is, is the, currently the, the number fourth ranked flyweight, he's, he's only had, this is going to be his fifth UFC fight, so it's pretty impressive that he was able to climb the ranks that quickly. Um, Marais, obviously, uh, he has a record, record of 21-5 and one no contest. Asuncao himself has an impressive record of 27 wins and five losses. One of those wins coming against Marais by way of split decision in 2017. I also put that fight in the description, the link to that fight on YouTube. The UFC um, provided that as a free fight on YouTube, as they typically do ahead of rematches and big fights on the weekend. So you can check that out. It was kind of boring that both fighters were very hesitant, especially Marais, given that it was his UFC debut against a well-rounded fighter in, in a Sao, who's got not only excellent, excellent grappling, I mean, all these Brazilians have fantastic jiu-jitsu, um, but uh, Asuncao's got great striking, and he, he's, a, he's a great counterpuncher, counter so it'll be a really interesting interesting rematch. And, and Marais has, has really uh, done well in the UFC. He's beaten the likes of John Dodson, Aljamain Sterling, and Jimmy Rivera, who arguably are the, the, the gatekeepers. That They're all in the top five or top eight of that division, um, and it's only his fifth UFC fight, so he's created a nice resume for himself in a very short amount of time, uh, Asuncao himself also beating Sterling. Asuncao also handing TJ Dillashaw a loss. So you'd have to believe that the winner of this fight, given that Asuncao is sitting at number three in the rankings, Marais at number four, gets that title fight against Dillashaw. And a, a, a Asuncao Dillashaw rematch is great, uh, would be great marketing, given that Asuncao was able to beat him in the past. Of course, Dillashaw has uh, more stuff to figure out with Henry Cejudo, perhaps at 125, perhaps at 135, so that's yet to be seen, but either way, these guys are top contenders, and they will be, uh, this is definitely a title con- t- title contender elimination fight ahead of us this weekend. Um, so check the link in the description to see that first fight. Um, and the last piece of big news that uh, I- I'm going to consider big news is Artem Lobov was released. He requested a release from the UFC. He had three fights left on his contract. His last fight was a decision loss against Michael Johnson, um, and uh, you know it's it's just I think it's about time he he's proven himself to not be an exciting fighter. 
Uh, he's not going to obviously move the needle uh, for anything else other than his association with Conor McGregor being a part of uh, Straight Blast Gym in Ireland. Um, Artem obviously made the news for his involvement with Khabib and that whole, uh, his involvement in the whole uh, Conor Khabib saga. Um, a lot of people credit Khabib confronting Lobov in Madison Square Garden for the reason why Conor threw the dolly. And uh, so that's why he was such a big name in MMA in 2017, or 2018 rather. So um, he's no longer in the UFC. He's kind of, we're going to talk about him in a little bit because uh, he kind of had this sparring match, no pun intended, with Ben Askren uh, on Twitter. So that was really funny. Um, Michael Johnson, by the way, said that he deserved to be in the UFC after someone said that because he does have a 14 and 15 record. He's not the most physically intimidating character on the roster. So um, it was good to hear from his opponent that he belonged in the UFC. But I guess at the end of the day, Dana White is making the decisions. And I think I agree with this move here that it, it makes sense for him to move on and you know perhaps do better in Bellator or 1FC or one of these other smaller promotions. So before I get into a lot of the stuff that happened on Twitter this weekend, I'd like to just give you guys a quick um, rundown of the rankings because the rankings actually got updated this past week. Henry Cejudo is now number five in the pound-for-pound pound rankings, which is pretty incredible. He was formerly, I think, at number eight, so now he is right behind Max Holloway. Uh, Daniel Cormier obviously being the number one. I know John Jones is at two, and I forget who is at number three. I think it's Khabib. Um, either way... Um, impressive move up for Cejudo. Donald Cerrone is now, as I predicted in last podcast, which you can go back and listen to, he is now ranked number nine in the lightweight division rankings. I had said last podcast he would move up to number 10 after Nate Diaz would get pushed down. He moves up to number 10. Alexander Hernandez moves down to number 12. Nate Diaz is currently sitting at, I think, number 11 or 13. Um, and he can only he, he probably his his time on this roster is limited as it is so um, it's good to see Cerrone be in the top ten because I, I I really feel like after that performance against Alexander Hernandez he deserves it and I think it makes sense if he's going to take on a top five or a top eight opponent for him to be ranked that high and uh, Hernandez obviously being ranked at number eleven previously so this just makes sense I'm this this, this makes me really really happy. As a big Cowboy fan. Um, Paige Van Zant, who had a great win over a, a, a great, I think it was an uh, an armbar win over Rachel Ostevich um, in, in her flyweight rankings debut at number 15. So it's at the very bottom of the rankings. Obviously some room for improvement. Paige is only 26 years old and she, you know, she took some time off. She got married to Bellator uh, middleweight, middleweight or welterweight. Uh, Austin Vanderford. So uh, Van Zant finally making her return to the UFC after a little bit of time off. I didn't think she was going to win this fight. I thought with her having taken so much time off and gotten married, and um, you know, as some fans would like to point out, um, went through a quote transformation unquote. If you check her Instagram, you'll know what I'm talking about. But either way, I thought that she would she would not have the goods to produce on uh, UFC Fight Night Brooklyn against. Rachel Ostevich, um, she proved me and many others wrong, and she deserves to be ranked at number 15. Joanne Calderwood, speaking of the female fighters, 
Uh, Joanne Calderwood moves up to number seven in the flyweight rankings. She also had a win in Fight Night Brooklyn. She beat uh, Ariane Lipsky, who is a, a new fighter. She's um, she, she was professional, but she just came to the UFC. This was her first UFC fight. She, she had lots of hype surrounding her, and Joanne Calderwood was able to get the win. So Joanne Calderwood moves up three spots to that number seven uh, spot in the flyweight rankings. Um, currently, Joanne Calderwood and Daniel Cormier are the only two fighters on the roster that are currently ranked in two divisions. She's also ranked Calderwood in the Bantamweight division. So that's interesting. So th- that's the state of the rankings. Um, obviously, Cejudo moving up is the biggest piece of that. But Cerrone and McGregor, McGregor's currently sitting at number two in the rankings. You know, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, and I think that's a good move for the FCA to move him up that much. Um, moving on to the, my favorite part of this podcast, UFC Twitter. Conor McGregor and Khabib, obviously, that was the big piece of news this week. Um, the main tweet that I want to call out first is McGregor. He, he tweeted, quote, I am thankful for the Nevada Athletic Commission's fair assessment and handling of the brawl incident. It was not my intention to land the final blow of the night on my opponent's blood relative. It's just how it played out. I look forward to competing again soon. Thank you all. Um, Khabib, obviously very salty about Conor McGregor getting the lighter sentence and he him getting a hefty um $500,000 fine, uh, tweeted out a video of him tapping Connor um, with Russians fan, Russian fans cheering in the background, and he put in uh, uh, Cyrillic, I, I, right, that's the alphabet, the Russian alphabet, Cyrillic, I think I'm saying that right. He, he wrote it in Russian, nothing else matters. So Khabib, very salty about the the decision by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Either way, he's trying to, you know, take a dig at Connor. He retweeted a few fan tweets as well, which were basically calling Connor a tap machine. So that's that's where that was there. And in response to all this, uh, Dustin Poirier decided to chime in, not on this this particular per, not on this instance particular, but on the whole situation of Connor and Khabib in general. Poirier desperately wants a top three fight, so he tweeted out, it's gotta be Tony or Connor, or we redo my contract, otherwise I'm not fighting. This company is number one bullshit. Number one bullshit, obviously, a call-out to Khabib, who made that quote famous. Um, Ally Quinta, who who's repeatedly said that uh, he wanted to fight Dustin Poirier, and fans have been wanting this fight as well. Dustin Poirier responding to a fan asking about Ally Quinta, saying, with all due respect to him and his team, the answer is no, unless we make a different deal with the UFC. And then I went to respond to that. Sounds like if we both get different deals from the UFC, it's a yes from both of us. And uh, the Diamond retweeted that. So we could be seeing a Dustin Poirier at I Quinta fight in the near future. Given that Connor and Cowboy are so closely linked, I think this is going to become a reality because you have to figure Tony Ferguson and Khabib are dancing partners. Connor and, and Cowboy looks like they're going to be uh, linked together in the summer or the spring. I Quinta and Poirier makes sense. I Quinta currently at number four. Dustin Poirier currently at number three in the lightweight ranking. So I think that fight would be fantastic. Now we get into the juicy stuff, which will always include Ben, uh, ben Askren because I think that in his short amount of time in the UFC, uh, only a few months, he's quickly become the king of MMA Twitter. Um, ben Askren and Darren Till had this exchange because Darren Till... After finally securing 
uh, his fight against Jorge Masvidal. Uh, he finally got a fight to, to line up for UFC London. Um, he started calling out all these welterweights, saying that they didn't want to fight him. Uh, he, he even called out Ben Askren, who has been eyeing up there until for quite some time. Askren, of course, did not want to handle this, so um, Askren uh, replied to these, these call-outs and this trash talk, saying, Darren, the UFC promised me that your next fight would be at middleweight. I offered to come to London. Sounds like they knew the outcome would be you being taken to Funky Town. Don't be scared next time when I call your name. So then Darren Tilt responds, Funky Town is a shithole in one. What is going on, mate? You're a wanker, and so is Yamam. He also said Ben Askren sucks a big, horrible herpes cock. So um, you can check that exchange out on Twitter. Pretty hilarious. Uh, there's definitely more to that. But I think a Askren Till fight has to happen at some point in the future if they can make it happen at 170, only because the lead up, the lead up to that fight would be so hilarious with these guys trading jabs. Uh, no pun intended, verbal jabs. So, um, moving on, more Ben Askren. And this, I think, is the funniest part. Because, uh, as you, some of you guys might be aware, Artem Lobov uh, is a pretty weak fighter on paper. He's got a 14-15 and 15 record. He's five foot seven. He's got a reach of 68 inches. He's got Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. you know. And Ben Askren had a field day here. When Artem Lobov tweeted out, locked and loaded, ready to take on anyone and everyone who wants it, and then he tagged Bellator, one championship, Ryzen, as well as KSW and some other um, fight promotions, basically calling out what promotion wants to sign him. So Ben Askren comments to that, quote, did the GOAT get cut, which is pretty awesome. You got to give Ben Askren props here for being very, for, for his high level of awareness of UFC memes as a fighter, because these fighters are not always... Uh, keeping in touch with that. So you got to appreciate her, him for that. Uh, Artem Lobov responds to that. Keep that belt warm for me, Ben. I'll be back for it later after I take over boxing. Pretty stupid response considering, one, that Artem did not tag any boxing promotions in his title. Two, Lobov would, uh, in my estimation, would be a pretty shitty boxer. And number three, uh, Lobov currently fights in the welterweight division, or the, he, I think he had fights in the lightweight division as well. But Ben Askren has already said that he cannot cut weight below 165. So a fight between the two of them doesn't make any sense. Also, Ben Askren doesn't have a belt, so it's kind of a stupid response, which is what prompted Ben Askren to say, Artem, you suck. You literally suck at fighting. Your record is 13 and 15. I'm glad you're living the gimmick because we all are getting a good laugh out of it. So then Lobov responds, relax there, Ben. I went the true fighter's road and fought the best at every turn. I came up short often, <laughs> it's certainly saying something, but I give it all my all every time. I never quit, never hide from a challenge like some. Are you, are you trolling me, Ben Askren says? Because there is no way you actually believe this, right? You, like, uh, like, this is why I love Ben Askren, because he's just completely calling out Lobov on these stupid-ass responses. And Lobov finally responds, and this is the last bit of this exchange. Mate, you were hiding in Asia, fighting retired Nike, Nike factory workers. Win a real fight first, then talk pube head. So, some pretty weak trash talk from Artem Lobov, who's always been kind of a McGregor wannabe, um, you know. But I, I have to say, I kind of feel bad for him. Um, I wish him the best in his next fight, his next journey, and his next fight promotion. Um, ben Askren, you can always rely on him for some good shit talk. 
Quick shout out to my buddy Alec Palmer from Pittsburgh. Um, Alec offers very high quality sports photography and videography. He does graphic design, he does logo creation, he does promotional video production, social media, the whole nine yards, and it is fantastic quality that's affordable, and he will give your team, your business, or even uh, even your event that, that fresh professional look that you've really been wanting. He, he creates really crisp designs, he manages multiple college uh, basketball and baseball programs and creates media for them, so go ahead and give him a follow. Uh, he, he's on Instagram at doc.mediadesign, and you can check out his full pr- portfolio of uh, art and, and uh, graphic design work as well as video production at www.alec.palmer.myportfolio.com work. So go ch- give, him a, uh, uh, give him a visit, check out some of his stuff if that's the sort of thing that you need. All right, moving on now, I have the first guest of the Lucky Punch MMA podcast, my good friend, Robbie Avellino. What's up, Rob? Hi. Um, so, Rob, I have you on today to talk about um, Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov, who just had their Nevada State Athletic Commission suspension of fines. Conor obviously getting a six-month suspension, retroactive from October, so he's eligible to fight in April and a $50,000 fine. Khabib getting a hefty half-a-million-dollar fine and a nine-month suspension, six months if he does an anti-bullying campaign. What are your thoughts on this, man? Anti-bullying campaign, did you just say? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they said that if he... Are you saying a campaign or like... Okay, so, like, not classes. Like so, if not he, going. no, not classes. If he helps with, like, little kids, like, he makes a video or he helps with social media or something, like, anti bullying stuff, they will. That would actually let... be kind of cool. That would actually be kind of cool. The yeah. baddest dude walking the earth telling you not to bully kids. Guess what? That would be pretty effective yeah. because the bully kids probably watch him. Yeah, I mean, but... he would probably tell the kids that are getting bullied just to tell the bullies to send location. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he wants to so, smash this guy. This guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, on the suspensions, yeah, they both deserve to be suspended. I mean, that's just how it is. They broke rules, and those are the consequences. I think that they both should have controlled themselves better in the situation because they are martial artists at the highest level, and the highest level of martial arts practice is absolute self-control and i think when you lose that you deserve to be suspended but it kind of sucks for them yeah i I absolutely agree with you i think that when you think of a martial artist you think of george st pierre right or some guy that's very composed and a very dangerous human being who's got control of his all this power right and when you see these guys act this way you know, it doesn't it doesn't kind of project power? It projects like weakness. You know what I mean? GSP, GSP would never do that. You would never see GSP go and attack someone's corner after winning or losing. Like he's just gracious. He's always been gracious. Right. And that yeah, that's why that's why we love him. That's why he's considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest. But yeah, sure. It it's you know it was a little bit sickening. Like, well, the sickening might be a little bit strong. It was just a little disappointing. We'll just call it that. Call it that. Yeah, I completely um, agree. You know, the, the, the hype was real, but after the fight, 
do you really have to keep hyping it up? I mean, unless you're truly planning on rematch, which they might have been, but, you know, there's no point in, you know, having any more fireworks. That was all very real emotional, uh, you know, reaction. So, you know, I, I think, again, back to what we were saying earlier, they should have exhibited their self-control. Yeah, I, can, I completely agree. And I think that the suspensions, in terms of the time frame are fair, uh, you know, Khabib's being three months longer than McGregor's. But what do you think about Khabib getting a $500,000 suspension and McGregor getting a $50,000 suspension? Now, before you answer that, I want to give you an idea about their purses. The purses for Khabib and Connor were very similar to McGregor Diaz 2, in which Conor McGregor got $3 million, and Khabib, in this case, and Diaz in um, that case, which was UFC 202, got $2 million. So this is uh, essentially a quarter of Khabib's purse from that fight. They uh, withheld half of his purse after the incident, and they gave him, obviously, the other half back. Khabib also offered, according to his manager, Ali Abdelaziz, to pay for not only the fines for his teammates, who also got fined, uh, for the incident, but also the legal fees for him, for obviously himself and then his teammates. So, what do you make of the of the fines? Do you think that was fair to give Khabib that much of a fine? Well, quite frankly, Khabib and his team kind of started it, and I mean, I guess yeah, I don't know what the real story is. Connor actually punching someone or whatever, but as far as like, as far as Khabib getting more of a fine, he did. I think on the grand scheme, grand scale, did more damage, like pure damage to yeah. uh, Connor's team. Like there's more damage done to Connor's team than there is to Habib's team. So I, you know, that's why I, maybe it's a little, like the proportion is crazy. Like, you know, Connor only has a quarter of, or I'm sorry, what, what would it be? 10%. Yeah, like he's only got ten percent of Khabib's. Yeah, I, I think I think to interject, I think it's a little bit unfair to hold to to find him for that much. Obviously, again, Khabib did he do most of the? Uh, did he start it that fight? Did he do most of the? The I guess you could say, was he the big the bigger perpetrator in that in that incident? Of course, and I think that the the suspension being bigger than Connor's reflects that. Um, do I think he should have been fined uh, ninety, uh, you know, ten times what Connor got fined? I don't think that's fair. You know, this guy, this here's a guy who is an absolute monster. He works very hard for a living. You know, he's he's a great fighter for the UFC. He's uh, apart from this incident and in this interaction with Conor McGregor, he's he has been Khabib, nothing short of a of a true martial artist. So I think it was a little unfair to charge him that much. Um, of course, I don't get to make that decision. Uh, Matt, sure. Matt Serra brought up an interesting point. Matt Serra was like, what do they do with this money? Like, where does this money go? Like, you're going to have a half a million dollar bullying campaign? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So just to, you know, uh, reiterate that, I think it was way too much. You know, I, I think that... I think they should... What if it was less? What if it was less? What if it was half of what it is? Yeah. 250 grand is... A much smaller percentage of two million than five hundred thousand. Sure. Yeah. Right. When you have two million dollars, it's a lot less of a hit. Right. So the UFC may have charged him so much because 
they want to discourage this type of behavior in the future. That's so true. he's going to pay the fine. If, if he's going to pay the fine, he's going to be like, all right, I'm going to lose another 500 grand now because I'm going to act up. Like, it's almost like a, like a push, a push. It's like, we could, you know, we could just end you. Sure. You know, we can end your, cause quite frankly, I mean, they could send, they could just, you know, let him go. Yeah. Here's some more food for thought. Um, yes. The Nevada State Athletic Commission also said that, they, that McGregor might face uh, future fines or action for his the way he talks trash and for his verbal quote like verbal abuse uh, leading up to fights and stuff. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's part of the game. You should be able to handle that. If you are fighting, you should be able to handle that because that is. That's him getting into your head. That's why people trash talk because they want to be in your head and they want to break your focus. If your focus breaks and you feel the need to hide behind, like, you know, fines to save your ego when you're a martial artist fighting in the UFC, I think you shouldn't be there. I think that you should be able to, again, it's back to the emotional control thing. It's about self-control. It's a central pillar of martial arts in general, especially on th- this level. I mean, these guys are these guys have been training almost their whole life. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree, man. And it's like when it comes down to it, you know, I like I think that that's more of um, the Vasta Athletic Commission saying we know what the kind of shit you do and how that affects others. So just keep that in mind that we don't take that that we do take that into account. I think that was them trying to think kind of say you know hey by the way we know like the whole bus incident and like we know that that was a factor in all this you know but and here's what here's what annoys me speaking of the bus incident people are saying oh khabib is getting fined a half million dollars how come mcgregor wasn't getting fined that because of the bus incident you know mcgregor already paid that probably way more than that for the bus incident you know he's facing he's faced justice for that and he is facing continuing to face justice for that you know by my to my knowledge i know there's still a few outstanding lawsuits around that but you know those are two separate incidents and i believe that we need to treat them as such and you know because if if i think khabib you know was what he did somewhat uh, justified through the way mcgregor talked shit on maybe his family brought up the connections with ali abdelaziz and uh terrorist organizations and all that you know bringing up uncomfortable things and all that. Uh, did he? After did he, religion too. That that pissed him off. Yeah. Remember during the press conference. Right. After I don't remember what he said, but. Well, what happened? Well, to, if I remember correctly, um, someone says uh, someone uh, wished Khabib a uh, it was some Muslim holiday, so he wished Khabib a happy Muslim holiday, and then he also congratulated McGregor for whiskey. Now, Muslims don't typically drink, at least devout Muslims. So Khabib yeah. said to that reporter, you can't say assalamu alaikum, which is like a Muslim greeting, um, and also like com- commend him for the whiskey. And then McGregor looked at Khabib and toasted him with the whiskey and said assalamu alaikum. So he kind of mocked him. And then he, he poured Khabib a glass of the whiskey and handed it to him. And Khabib says, I don't drink. And Connor said, why not? Why not? And kept pressing him. So McGregor was just disrespectful uh, to that. And 
you know, whether or not we can argue all day, not that you and I would argue about it, but, you know, one could argue all day whether or not that was appropriate or if it was inappropriate. But at the end of the day, it's all, McGregor said himself, it's all just business. It's part of the fight game. You have to walk in, you got to be able to take serious verbal abuse and compartmentalize that. Donald Cerrone, in the lead up to his fight, uh, Alex Hernandez brought up his mistresses. He said Cerrone has mixed mistresses and extracurricular activities apart from fighting, which is why he's not focused. Cerrone didn't go on a tirade uh, and, and start freaking out. You know, you have to be able to just deal with that. And he then went in the octagon and beat the living crap out of that kid. So that's that's what the part of the fight game is to me. You know, do you agree? I agree, 100%, dude. I think that on the highest level, my, my thing I just go back to, self-control... And leave it on the mat. Leave it in the octagon. Because that's, like you said, that's what Donald Cerrone did. And look where he is now. He's doing fine. Rob, thank you for coming, man. It really was a, a pleasure to have you on. We'll have you back soon. You know, we're definitely going to have Robbie on uh, more often than not. So, uh, dude, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me, man. Cool. So, thanks for tuning into the second episode of the Lucky Punch MMA podcast. Uh, don't forget to find us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at LuckyPunch underscore MMA. Uh, you can get all the updates on the UFC there, um, as well as some high-quality memes. So don't forget to check us out. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you guys next week.